Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? Good morning. Coming at you. It is me again. Uh, how's everyone doing this morning? I assume it's morning <laughs> when you're listening to this. Um, I don't think I have an afternoon style show, <laughs> but who knows? How is your day is a better thing. How is your evening? How is your existence? How is your walk? More importantly, how is your guys' walk? Um, I don't hear much about that, um, but I hope it's well. I hope they're going very strong. I hope they're being encouraged. And for some reason, you're listening to this. So <laughs> your your effort shall hopefully be rewarded. Uh, I hope. Um, this podcast. Today, I want to talk about potential. Like our potential. And more importantly, unrealized potential, I guess, not more importantly, but I guess more of a sub-focus is like unactualized potential. It's so brutal to think about it when it comes to what does the Lord want to do with me? Like, and, and, and if you're, if you're listening to this, obviously, what does the Lord want to do with you? And what are we not letting him do? And what am I not letting him do? Because like, I'll read the Bible, obviously, and there are parts of it that just frustrate me, that I just doesn't make any sense. It does, they don't make any sense to me. And, and not like I'm like, oh, this Bible's silly. No, but like, I want to know why does it irk me the way it irks me? Why do I get a, a, a bee in my bonnet? <laughs> be in my bonnet. Um, so, so backstory, I have a billion and one colloquialisms. I don't even know if I said that word right. It's early colloquialisms, like geographical phrases, you know, how people in the South say things in the East and the West, whatever. So my grandmother was from, I forget where she was born. Honestly, my, my grandfather was from Indiana, but my grandma, I want to say she was from Indiana or <clears throat> in that ballpark. But they traveled all over the country. And then as kids, as children, uh, my brother and I would travel all over the country with my grandparents. Uh, we would literally, at, we would graduate school, school would end, and we would fly to California and then spend a couple of weeks there and then spend the rest of the summer, or it was probably like a month there, but we'd spend the rest of the summer literally traversing the, the country in a motorhome with my grandparents. My brother and I would visiting any and every place in the country that had any historical significance. Like that was our summer. I mean, yeah, that was amazing. Like I can't even begin to tell you how cool it was. However, I didn't like museums. Like my brother and my grandfather would spend hours reading every letter of everything written in a museum. My grandmother and I would be like uh, uh, checking the motorhome. All right, when you guys are done, we would just like, all right, that looked kind of cool, I guess. See you later. Anyway, the reason I'm saying that 
is I have a lot of colloquialisms. Like, so being raised in that environment, we were listening to like old timey music. Like, uh, the song is in my head. If my brother's listening, he knows like cement mixer, putty, putty, cement mix. I don't know. All this old music. So I was raised with all this rattling around in my noodle all the time, like old colloquialisms, old phrases, very geographic, like, you know what I mean? And so a lot of times I'll say things and they have no bearing on today's world at all, but that's where it comes from. I digress. What a weird, odd segue. Uh, segue. Uh, so potential. I, I think about the times that I feel like I've personally lived up to things that were in front of me and then times I haven't. And kind of like I said before, going back to the Bible, I'll read stories and they're like, oh, they irk me and they frustrate me. And specifically the one that kind of motivated this conversation topic is Samson. Like, so if we go back to Judges, we get Samson, who, ah, dude, he's awful. Like, can I just say it? Like, Samson's awful. Like, if you're just doing a quick read through Samson, he's like selfish, entitled, just all sorts of prideful, uh, fleshly, worldly, rude, savage. I mean, like, dude's, dude's a monster according to any metric, you know what I mean? Like, and then he, he was a big galoot. So like he would just beat up people (laughs) like what a bully, you know what I mean? Like total bully, but he's on our team and he was a bully for Christ or not for Christ, but bully for God. So you're like, all right, I guess you kind of get a pass. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that weird? Like, okay. So like, I don't know. Uh, he's his mother and father. I think are the problems. And you know what? This is going to be a shot at parenting, but I kind of think his mother and father started, right? Uh, Manoah is the man and his wife. I forget his wife's name. Uh, hold on. It says right here. Da, 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 whatever. Manoah, we'll go with it. His parents, his parents raised him and they shouldn't have had him. And so like, oh my gosh, they were so happy to have him. They blessed him to the Lord. His name was Samson, uh, you know, uh, and he grew up as a, as, as a, uh, uh, Nazarite. What do they call it? The Nazarite, right? So he didn't drink wine or, or cut his hair yet. He drank wine. <laughs> I mean, he broke every Nazarite vow until the hair, like the hair was the coup de gras. The final blow was the hair, but all the source of his strength came from his Nazarite, vow, which is definitely not true. Cause he was out there. Dude, being a fool, totally worldly, just, oh man, awful. So I'm reading through Judges, like the book of Judges, and obviously they're using Samson as he was a judge. He was the one that fought the Philistines. He did all these things and the Holy Spirit would move through him randomly. You know what I mean? It even says like in uh, actually Judges 13, uh, 25, it says, and the spirit of the Lord began to stir in him at times in Mahana, and Mahanadan between Zora and Eshtaol, whatever. Point is, he would, he would, he would, you know, but the, what's the first thing we read about Samson moving forward though, is the first thing is he saw some Philistine lady and was all about that business. He's like, that's what I want my wife. Parents, get her for me. And that's when I back up like parenting. Like, again, I always read into the Bible, maybe erroneously, maybe falsely, but I, I, I want to insert context so my brain can quasi comprehend and i'm not trying to do this like 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 poorly but 
only children syndrome. I mean, come on. I think we all know someone who is an only child that is, let's just say, privileged. Let's say a modern buzzword. You know what I mean? Uh, spoiled. Uh, un, un, unavailable when it comes to sharing. <laughs> Doesn't understand those concepts. Like has never had a brother, sister, or a sibling relationship to bounce ideas off of and learning curve off of. And, you know, single parents are not single parents, but parents of a single child, they don't have to split their effort and energy. It all goes into one child. So, you know, that, that child kind of has a single, single, single child syndrome, you know, like this spoiled, entitled, all those kind of things. We have a lot of negative connotation, but normally they're smarter. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? So, so if you look at studies, Statistically speaking, the firstborn child into any family has a significant IQ advantage. Apparently, the firstborn deletes, <laughs> depletes all the quality DNA in a kid. <laughs> and that's science, bro. That's science. Lord made it that way. That's why, you know, the Lord wasn't joking. Like the firstborn gets a double portion. All right. They did. Like both genetically and physically in the Bible, they got all the good stuff. But they were, they are currently, if you do, there's a lot of studies on this about how the firstborns are just smarter. They have a better, a higher IQ. Uh, they just, the capacity for, I should say, not all of it. It's not across the board universal, but you know, and I, like I said before, I like my brother, I, he's smarter than me. You know, we have different skill sets, but I would say his skill sets in like apples to apples are better than mine. You know, I, I have other skill sets he doesn't have necessarily, but again, he he won most of the DNA lottery. Not all of it. Ha, I'm taller. <laughs> Shots fired, bro. Shots fired. The fight that started it all. Um, no, like, so like, Samson's an only child. Getting back, focus, Daniel. Focus. Focus on the story here. Samson's an only child. And so you can just hear his entitlement when he tells his parents, go get me that Philistine wife, which is a huge no-no. Like you don't, like this wasn't a, like a cool thing. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you don't hook up with someone who's unequally yoked and you definitely don't go and marry someone who's like the enemy, you know? And at this time, the Philistines were, they were savaging Israel. This was bad. This was bad. So uh, it says in uh, 14 verse two, so he went back and told his father and his mother, I saw a woman in Timnah one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now get her for me as a wife. Like what a thing to say to your mom and dad, go do that. And you only have the audacity to say that to mom and dad. When one, you haven't been punked a couple times by your dad. You know what I mean? Like some serious spanking, you know, like Lord forbid, Lord forbid my brother and I spoke out of school on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like just like raised our voice slightly to my mom or dad. We were raised in a yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. House. Like I didn't say mom and dad. Like those words weren't used. It was yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like that was it. And if I didn't say it immediately, I got the, excuse me, like that question. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Hey, go do your, clean your room. All right. Excuse me. Uh, oh, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> like That was like, there was no, there was no leeway in that reality. When we spoke to adults, we were like, dude, you do not talk to an adult until that adult talks to you. Like until that adult engages you in conversation, we are seen, not heard. That, that is how it goes. 
which is not a bad thing. Like, you know what I mean? I had nothing to bring to the conversation <laughs> when I was a kid while this rule was in effect. I had nothing to add, you know? So if someone asked us a question, we'd answer it, but it wasn't like we're about to be chatty Cathy's and just start butting into conversations. I wish kids kind of do that today, but they do not. So like we would have never in a million years said to my mom or dad something as audacious as go give me that. Like they would have one spanked us <laughs> immediately, immediate spanking just for even having the gall to say that. Like let's, let's go ahead and whip that, that attitude right out of you. And then, you know what I mean? Like, all right, what did we learn from the situation? Oh my gosh. Like I, I just can't even fathom speaking to my mom and dad like that. Like we had the fear of the Lord in our house when it came to how we talked to our parents. You know, like you do not sass dad and Lord. And like, do my daddy used to work graveyards? Like, so if he, if he was sleeping because he would work graves, so he slept during the day. If we were too loud during the day and we woke up our father, holy cow, like death sentence, fear. Like there's no thing scarier than having a half asleep dad in his underwear, walking out of the room about ready to just lay some havoc on us. For being too loud. <laughs> I'm getting a visual and it's so funny. It was terrifying at the time. Oh my gosh. It's like the, one of the scariest things in the world. Uh, so we were not raised as single kids. We, we were very much aware of our parents. We were very aware of their attitude towards us. We were very respectful at all times. Not all times. Obviously we were kids. We made mistakes, but you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, for the majority of it, we were aware. And so there was no room for us to have this attitude with our parents. Like there was no room for it. Like the attitude Samson had is like, I can't even fathom it. Like, how do you even talk like that to your parents? How do you dis disobey them? How do you do all that? Um, you know, and so that's his first thing we learned about Samson is his, his selfish. I just see someone I lust after go get it for me. Right. And then what do we find out later? That same woman on their wedding night kind of rats out his riddle, the whole, like, you know, he killed the lion and it's got a, uh, bees, you know, a honeycomb and the bees. And he's like, Oh, what is sweet? What eats that whole riddle thing. And, and so, so finally she nags him constantly and constantly nags him at the threat of the Philistines killing her family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that whole story in 14 were like, they're based like a, Hey, if you don't get the answer for this riddle from Samson, we're going to like murk your family. Like we're going to really, it's going to be bad for you. So you need to get, figure this out. So she nags, nags, nags. And finally, Samson, like, you know, this is a reoccurring theme. He has a bad woman that nags him and he finally gives in <clears throat> and she tells them and they figure it out. And he's, uh, this is what it says for, uh, in, in chapter 14, verse 18 says, so the men of the city said to Samson on the seventh day before sundown, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have saw my riddle. Wow. What a thing to say about your wife. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? Like such a horrific thing to say. And it's like, dude, you're, you're a, a jerk to begin with. You shouldn't be in this marriage. You shouldn't be in these situations. And, the, and like, then he goes and just murders 30 dudes for their tunics. Like Samson's not a good character. Like he's not a good character. Like I, I, I go through this reading him and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then he, then he, he I love how he brings a goat. Like I'm going to go live with my wife now. And they give her away. Like, like they give that lady away because clearly salmon, Sam, salmon, 
Salmon sounds delicious. Um, Samson was not all about it. Gives her back like, ugh. And so her father gives her to Samson's companion. And then he comes back a while later after a while, it says in like 15, starts in 15. But after a while in the, in the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat as a gift of reconciliation. I love that. Here's a goat. Let's hook up. Oh my gosh. And he said, I will go into my wife in her room, but her father would not allow me to go in. Like that was his romantic gesture. Hey, I called you. One of the most egregious things I can call someone. Had you not plowed my heifer? <laughs> like, oh my God. I got you a goat. Are we good or what? Let's do this. Let's, let's make this wedding official. Woo. Party time. Unbelievable. And so, no, that didn't work out well. And then he burns down the, all the, the flocks, the crops with the, the fox. You know what I mean? He lights them on, catches a whole bunch of fox, which is a, you know, crazy effort. Lights their tails on fire and sends them through all the fields. Like, dude, Samson was a straight up, ugh, awful. But yet the Lord chose to visit him randomly and, and use him as a judge against the Philistines and the people around Israel. Like, like he was chosen. Like, isn't that nuts? But like Samson was like out in brothels. He was a he drink. I, he literally broke every single one of his Nazarite vows. It wasn't until Delilah that he finally got his hair cut off and lost all of it. Finally, the Lord left him. Finally, the Lord went away from him. But uh, he could have easily been one of the most amazing judges. Instead, he's a cautionary tale of like what happens when you try to live in the world and you try to live in the word. Like you can't serve two masters. And, and Samson is such a brutal reminder. And that's why I think I get so irked at Samson. Cause again, a lot of times I read my own character flaws or my own blind spots or my soft spots or whatever you want to call them into the, the negative. And I don't mean that. Like I, I, I do a lot of positive thinking when I, when it comes to the Bible, but I also want to recognize what isn't positive. I think it's important to know you know, what areas need improvement. <clears throat> and so I think when I hear about Samson or I read about Samson, I want to be mad at him, but I'm like, I have done guilty of as charged of a lot of what Samson's done. Like, you know, he saw the world and he liked it. He saw women, he saw drinks, he saw all the temptations the world can throw someone who's an entitled, rich, spoiled, whatever, not rich. I don't know why rich came in there, but you know what I mean? Like, like, only child who was like, you know, blessed, anointed in a lot of aspects, like the Holy Spirit would visit him. Like, so he had this kind of favor and he walked around with that knowledge of that favor of that Lord. But I, at some point in time, he thought he was just, it was his to have and not his to guard, not his to protect. And so we have this amazing man with, with amazing potential. I should say the most amazing potential of Samson in this, in this time squandering it, like spending all of his time being a bully, just being me knowing that no Philistines or people can attack him because he can just beat him up. Like, is that not the worst dude? Is that the worst, that kind of guy or that kind of person who just knows that there's no penalty to, to their bad behavior? It's so weird how we, like that idea of, even though he's on technically the Lord's team, 
You know what I mean? And I say that loosely because you know, obviously he's in the Bible. He was a judge. He was a, a, a appointed as a judge. So there's a, a clearly it's like Saul. I think we don't want to come at the Lord's anointed. I don't want to be an accuser of the brethren. I, and I, I think about that a lot too. It's like, man, I, what would it be like to be Samson? And like, was there a lot of pressure on him? Was there a lot going on? Like, you know, he clearly wasn't raised with the fear of the Lord. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like he was, but he wasn't. He wasn't raised with that honoring the father and the mother. Like that didn't, didn't land for sure. So he probably missed that day of Sunday school. And what do you, what do we, what do we take from his character? And it's hard to, to take a snapshot because we just go from him being born to him yelling at his mom and dad to get him a wife that is from a place that he shouldn't be getting it. And what happened between A and B there? Uh, so much, I can imagine, so much, you know, I'm sure his parents were doting on him constantly. Oh my God, you're this, you're that. Oh, the Lord told us all about you. All oh, the angels came, you know, like hype trained him to the, to the end. He's all, this is all that. And then he probably believed his own, you know, his own cliff notes. You know, he probably got high on loan supply. Like he really believed like all these things about him. And then he goes and he does these things and the Lord shows up and the Holy Spirit will come in and he like picks up gates that are impossible and walks around them. He takes a jawbone and just straight levels fools. You know what I mean? He does these things. So why wouldn't he believe his own hype? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he, you know, kind of lose sight of, of what his purpose was in life? He would lose sight of his potential. And unfortunately, man, like the, <laughs> the, the higher you climb, the bigger you fall. Like it's a brutal way down for Samson. He has one of the most brutal ways down. Like the whole Delilah thing always baffles me too. Like she repeatedly asks him what his weaknesses is. And repeatedly then does the thing he says makes him weak. Like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't it crazy? Like, she repeatedly did exactly the things that would make him weak in situations that were, like, how did he not know it was coming? Like, how did he not know? Which makes you just immediately just think about how, where he had gotten in his relationship with the Lord, that he just took it for granted. Like, his, his power, his might, his everything else. And, and why not? At that point in time, he had broken every Nazarene vow. He had broken all the vows and he hadn't lost his ability yet. He had, he had done all the things wrong that he could possibly do wrong. You know, he wasn't being faithful to the Lord in terms of his body. Hey, no. Drinking, uh, visiting ladies, all the stuff that he did. You know, he wasn't like a nice person. You know, you don't see him as being nice. You see him as being very entitled and rude and selfish and like very hard-headed and, and angry and all the things. Like there's not a lot of complimentary words about Samson. You know, and I, you almost like think about him as like a modern day celebrity who has all the things in life that you could ever imagine given to them for reasons that are like kind of good. Like, all right, you're kind of talented. You know what I mean? Like someone... You know, and I, I use that term loosely as, as what you consider talented, but let's just use like a, a, a pop star. You know what I mean? Like we give them fame and fortune and riches and influence. And we give them all these things like I, people do, the world does for reasons that aren't really that significant. You know what I mean? Like, like you've been put in positions that are, and it's brutal because 
then we kind of celebrate their fizzling out. We celebrate their failure. We celebrate them on the way up, and then we truly celebrate them on the way down as like a good. Now you're one of us again. Like it's such a weird, oh man, it's such a brutal way to treat people and think about people. But we feed into that. Like our culture feeds into the negative. We're, we're like, I don't know what it is, man, about us, but we just feed into the negative. So like you can imagine there are probably a lot of people when Samson got his head shaved and like got all caught up and everything else were probably like, oh, good, finally. Definitely the Philistines were loving this. Like they were like gouged his eyes out. Like, oh, brutal, brutal. And then made him just do manual labor. You know what I mean? Like, but never thought to cut his hair again. I thought it was like silly, but. But you know what I mean? Like it's just his existence went from like living high on the hog, man. He could do whatever he wanted and do whatever he wanted. And then boom, once, once the spirit of the, the, the Lord's presence in his life left and not like left, but you know what I mean? Like, like his ability to, to have that Holy Spirit work through him. Once that was gone, oh man, was that a different, was that a stark reality? That was a serious game change. And so we have this idea of potential. And I, I think about myself, I think about, people that I, I, I associate with and I, I don't want to identify with Samson, you know, obviously, but I can say I've lived Samson like that's for sure. I can say that I've had seasons where I was very selfish and very entitled and very living for the world very much so. And I did it with the idea that I had, you know, this ace in my, this ace and ace up my sleeve with God and the Holy Spirit and my salvation. You know, and like we talked about the One Saved Always Saved podcast, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know like what my soul's situation was like when I was living that way. I don't know. Like I, I want to think that I was I was good still, and I want to think that I was saved. And like I don't like again, I don't think sin can destroy your salvation. But I also know that I was living very much, you know, towards the world. I, I, I was living very much a lifestyle that was, man, that was bad on every single metric. There was nothing, there was not one ounce of fruit in my entire life. Not one ounce. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful that I, I, I course corrected. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is, is full of grace and compassion. I mean, I cannot, I cannot think. <laughs> I cannot live in more thankful, like thankfulness of that and appreciation of that because it's so, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's wonderful. And it's there for any one of you that are, are feel like you're too far gone or anything else. It's like, man, it's right there. It just takes a repentant heart. It just takes a true course correction of like, oh my gosh, I've been living wrong, focusing on him. And I'm so thankful I get to do that every day. I get to refocus on him. Every day I get an opportunity to grow closer to him. And, and, and walk in relationship with him. But when I read the, the word and it gets like, I see Sam's, I'm like, oh, what potential? What potential? What wasted potential? It's so brutal. Like his life, what, what story could have been written about Samson had he been on point? What stories could have filled the Bible about Samson that weren't him just being just all sorts of ridiculous? You know, Ah. Uh, what stories about me have not been written because of my attitude? Because I, I wasn't willing to be obedient. Because I didn't walk with honor around with those around me. You know, like I didn't walk in the in the right path. I wasn't 
my focus was was wrong. My focus was me. My focus was the world. My focus was the things that make me happy, the things that I want to do. And then Lord bless this mess, you know, that commonplace, Lord, meet me where I'm at, vice, uh, you know, rather than Lord, let me run to you. Let me sprint to you. It's now Lord, meet me where I'm at. And, and, and I'm sure you're going to bless it because, you know, I'm a Christian and that's what you do. Blah, blah, blah. Like we just have that entitled mentality of no matter what. And I, ha- I, I, mean, I had that in, in mentality that no matter what, I'm good because of the, I check a box, right? I check a box, so I'm good. That's it, right? That's the, that's the deal. I checked the box. It's all rainbows and skittles from here. That's it. I, I've done all my part. And that's just could not be farther from the truth when it comes to our lives and our existence and, and what the Lord wants to do with us. Imagine what the Lord could have done with Samson had he been on point. Like how much more, I should say, how much more could the Lord be doing in my life? You know, where am I putting stops at? Where am I not living up to the potential, you know, that I, I, that I have? Because I'll be honest, I, I think there's more for me. I, I believe in my heart there's so much more for me. I don't know what that is necessarily, you know? And I don't have a, a, a five-year plan for this or, or any of that. I know where I want to keep pouring into the Lord. I know the things I feel like, like myself, my wife, that we are being called into. And it's so exciting and it's so fun. But I don't want what I don't want to be, I don't want to be the reason it doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen. I don't want to, you know, be in the way of that. I don't, I don't want to put up barriers or think it's me, you know, like that's the big one. I don't want to think it's me. I don't want to get this idea that, oh Lord, you're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, like imagine having that, that attitude and it's easy to slip into. Like, oh Lord, you're so welcome. I'm doing things for your kingdom. Like, aren't you lucky you have me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh that pride, straight up pride in yourself of thinking that your success has any bearing on you, not the Lord. You know, like Lord's giving you your skill sets. Lord's giving you your giftings. Lord's giving you all these things. And then it'd be like, oh, you're welcome, Lord. Like, oh my God, I don't want to be like that. Oh Lord, please not. Uh, you know, and I, so I'm aware of it. I want to be conscious of it. I want to, I want to make sure that my potential is let me, let me put it, not, not my potential, but like the potential in my life based on what the God wants to do that I, I'm, I'm chasing after that. I'm chasing after him and then he does the rest, you know, like, like he opens the doors, not me. But that's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I know all of us, like the big thing again, having like, man, what, what opportunities did I leave on the table? What things that I have available to me that I just never, I never took hold of because I didn't have the faith for it. I didn't believe for it. I didn't, I didn't have the obedience, which is the big one. I wasn't listening to the Lord. I was listening to other, I had other voices in my head. You know, I I think about that, man, that potential, the game changer potential of, of what we can do for his kingdom. Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to be after that so hard. I want to be after that so hard and just figuring out what that looks like. So reading Samson has irked me. Because he had so much potential and he was such a, oh, he was so awful. But, you know, the Lord still used him. So what does that mean about us? What does that mean about me? I hope something special. <laughs> so this was it. Potential. Uh, I hope you guys got something out of this. And I, oh, again, thank you, Diff Mix, for setting all this up and doing all this. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.
You have been listening to Wasup Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>